0: You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6
1: 30 a.m. Wednesday, 25 January, Tesla results today. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the Moneyweb Global Headquarters in Johannesburg, South Africa. On the show today, we're chatting with Jimmy Moyaha, that horror Arsenal update. And essentially, they lost money in H2 in the second half after what had been a really good first half to the year. Krista DeVette, uh, Luna Country Manager, as Crypto has a really good start to 2023. Uh, Kerry King from Citadel Advisory Partners, uh, As consumers brace for a tough 2023, which they think is only going to get worse. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines for MoneyWeb. As pick and pay and take a lot inch even closer, would a merger make sense? That's a brilliant idea, quite frankly. Business Day, Cape Town lets loose the power of home and businesses. Treasury allows you, the metro, to buy ex- excess electricity from private users. But they only pay like a rand per kilowatt hour, and there's an 11,000 rand setup fee to get the right meter. I'm not sure the numbers add up. Morning markets, uh, the U.S. was red. S&P down uh, 0.07%, so just a little. Nasdaq off a fifth of a percent. Asia's mixed. We got Sydney down zero and Tokyo up 0.1%. Commodities mostly red, gold $1,950 an ounce, Brent $86.45, platinum 1062 palladium 1722 Rand trading at $17.12 against the dollar, Bitcoin uh, $22,600, Tencent still not trading, it'll be back tomorrow. Top 40 opening call down 150 points for a 0.2% red opening.
0: MoneyWeb now on the money also available on podcast
1: chatting now with uh, jimmy moyaha independent analyst jimmy appreciate the early morning time when when, when arsenal put out their mid-year results to june they warned that a lot could go wrong in the second half I don't think we expected, frankly, everything on their list to go wrong. And at that trading update yesterday, I mean, by my numbers, they actually swung into a loss for the, the second half of the year after a fairly strong first half.
2: Yeah, morning, Simon. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think the as you said, I mean, we anticipated that things could go wrong and a couple of things could go wrong, mm-hmm. but it does seem like absolutely everything went mm. sideways, and <laughs> that's that's never that's never a comfort uh, thing. But I mean, they they also outlined in their update that there were a couple of factors that were beyond their control. So the the increase in um, ex- import prices on the coal side, the fact that um, the demand for coal actually affected their uh, ability to move steel yeah, via road and, and via trucks and all of that. Mm. I mean, that was quite that was quite a shocking um, thing. But I mean, it, it, it does make sense. I mean, the uh, Truck drivers and delivery drivers probably get more um, per ton of coal than they do of steel, and they can do sort of more trips and that sort of thing. But I think overall, the the consensus here is that um, they they had anticipated that they'd do fairly well not as good in the first half but mm. they didn't anticipate it would be this bad and the, and the market saw that the market saw that the share price was down well over 10 percent um at some point in trading yesterday closed uh, down over i think 11.5 yesterday um, so the market definitely responded to that and that's even before we actually have the official results. I mean, we know that the, there's going to be a, a results presentation around the 9th of Feb with, with all the results coming out and everything. But even before that, the markets didn't care too much about this decarbonization roadmap that they alluded to. It was all about the performance, and the performance was less than impressive.
1: Is there, I mean, considering, and to the point, I mean, literally everything that they flagged could happen went wrong, does that make opportunity or is that really just for the very, very brave? Which I am not.
2: <laughs> well, I think at this stage, um, if you look at the commodities space there is there there's better opportunities on the commodities front, ah, especially hmm. if you to anticipate that um, there's going to be a recovery in Chinese demand, uh, there might be a flurry to safe havens if we see a recession, the uh, recessionary environments come up and that sort of thing. I think on the steel side of it at the moment, uh, a lot of it is going to be um, dependent on other factors like this update uh, alludes to. I mean, the, the fact that um, coal prices might continue to rise, we, we, we might not mm. see that come down, we might go through another super cycle of commodity prices being elevated and steel prices remain low. So that's just all that's going to do is create um, a widening of that spread between their input costs versus what they're able to to put out. And if you're still dealing with factors around uh, transnet not being able to move what you need them to move from an export and a delivery perspective, um, and, and those sorts of factors, those factors aren't going to go away overnight. So you're probably better off at this stage just waiting it out, seeing what the results say, and seeing if the outlook on the steel side of things is actually going to, um, really increase significantly. I mean, locally, the domestic economy, we know that they're not going to get infrastructure support and development from the government. Um, that's going to be another drag to whatever their plans are. If there are plans there on the construction side of, uh, or in the the construction space. So I think at the moment, you're probably going to get your returns a little, uh, higher up in markets like the oil side and the gold side. So, yeah, yeah. probably worth having a look there.
1: Yeah, I take your point on that and, and I'm looking at the cold chart and it is still sort of at those absolute record levels. So yeah, maybe, we'll uh, leave it alone and there's better options out there. Uh, Jimmy Moyoha, independent analyst, always appreciate the early morning insight and that's our poll today on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. Ask awesome little update. I mean, the horror update. Is, do you think there's value there? I mean, yeah, maybe the China reopening, but I think Jimmy put it quite well. Uh, 2023, it could be worse. There's certainly better out there. Have you vote have
3: your say linkedin and twitter your money gives a damn if it could protest and sign petitions your money would but your money can do more than that when you invest in stanlib's infrastructure investment fund beyond getting solid returns you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth damn right you are invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more Stanlib Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.
0: MoneyWeb now on The Money.
1: Checking out with our Krista DeVitt, Luno Country Manager, talking crypto. Uh, Krista, appreciate the early morning time. Before we get into actual cryptos, uh, a lot of folks have been asking me around uh, Genesis and the bankruptcy There is, I understand the situation, uh, digital currency group holds stake in Luno, holds stake in Genesis. But that, to my knowledge, means no impact, no contagion to Luna whatsoever.
0: Morning, Simon. Yes, you're absolutely correct. Luna is a wholly owned subsidiary of DCG, so there's no impact um, whatsoever on the Luno side with what's happening with Genesis
1: in the state. So let's move to, to, to crypto. And, and I mean, it, it, we, we've almost kind of seen this picture before where, where we get massively elevated levels. And I'm thinking the first time it, it, it ran through uh, uh, 20,000 um, and everyone gets excited. And then, of course, there's the, the sort of almost, I want to say, inevitable massive retracement and the retracements are huge. But folks are back again. I mean, that was back in late 2017. There seems to be renewed interest again, and, and this is almost the cyclical nature that, that, that crypto broadly and Bitcoin particularly goes through.
0: Absolutely, you're spot on. Um, by, by pointing out you know, the cyclical nature of, of crypto and then Bitcoin in particular as well, I think an important factor to note here is, you know, I think if we look back at 2022, it was an absolutely brutal year for cryptocurrencies. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, we um, I think experiencing the coldest winter um, on record in terms of the crypto market. Um, what is up? Uh, you know, if we we you know some some optimism there. This year started with the price rallying uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, with levels last seen in August 2022, um, and obviously we also saw that Bitcoin had the the, the the longest or the second longest positive run in almost more than a decade. So, I think. There's there's various ways to kind of interpret this. There's also the macroeconomic factors that influence obviously the, what's happening on the crypto market. Um I think it's too early to say whether this renewed optimism, you know, is here to stay. Um and and if this price rally is something that we can look forward to. I think for the most part, we're still pretty much in a in a bear market, you mm-hmm. so know, the um the, the greed and fear index pretty much still fearful at this stage. But a very, very optimistic start to the year,
1: nonetheless. And, and there's almost a sense of, I mean, and 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 you know, 2022 was a was a weird year for crypto, as you said. I mean, it was a it was a horror year if you were holding it uh, as, as price collapsed. There was there was all sorts of things going wrong from FTX to to Terra Luna and and everything in, in, in between during the course of the year. That was all the bad stuff. But on the good side, I mean, locally, we've got the FCA uh, stepping up, and, and, and we've got, you know, just this week, the Advertising Standards Authority uh, uh, laying down some rules, almost in a sense, a, a growing up of of, of, of the, the, the asset class, and and, and, and that, that obviously bodes very well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, you know, you, you hit the, the nail on the head there. The price action is just one facet or one dimension of the crypto industry. Um, when we look at the broader spectrum of things like regulation um, that's coming in, that also has a very serious role to play. Um, what we saw over the last year, you know, we we saw a lot of players who not, you know, abide by the rules, who are not transparent. Um, and that's where regulation comes into play to help protect the industry, but more so protect consumers. Um, and I mean, at Luna as well, when, when, when the news came out that uh, crypto is now a regulated product, um, and that crypto is also, an, or Luna is, a, is an accountable institution. You know, we welcome the news because at the end of the day, that just means that we we put our our customers' um, safety and their fund safety. Uh, you know, we prioritise that. Um, I mean, also with with news just out on on Monday, with the advertising mm-hmm. regulatory board also now applying those rules to the crypto industry. It's something that we work with the advertising board. Um, uh, with together to, to obviously bring forth that kind of monitoring because we want to uh, just make it clear to consumers that they know exactly you know what are the risks of investing in crypto we want transparent and responsible investing and also we want to make sure that you know we also play the role of the guardian for, uh, for consumers so that they know that they're not scammed by rogue players
1: a, a last question. We, you know, we we're talking Bitcoin. And, and when we think crypto, I think most of us think Bitcoin. Obviously, there's, there's, a, there's, a, I mean, there's a giant universe, but there's sort of that, that more top tier universe. Um, and, and, and looking at your website, I mean, you've got lots of them on there. There's Ether, there's USDC and, 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 and others. Is it still, I mean, from, from, from what you're seeing, are, is it still all about Bitcoin? Or are those other coins sort of maybe st- picking up in, in, in popularity?
0: There's there's a few ways to kind of go about this, this this discussion. I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's more than ten thousand cryptocurrencies yeah. in existence, the and then a the platform like Luna, you know, we only have ten coins available, and there's a very kind of stringent selection process of which coins we make available. You know, Bitcoin always is the one that that when we're in a down market, that all always comes out stronger, and and we we see that there's a lot of people rallying behind that. And I think the important thing to note about Bitcoin is, is that it's a store of value. And that's possibly in a down market, why a lot of people rally behind it. But then the other, other cryptocurrencies, or the altcoins, we refer to it, any cryptocurrency that's not Bitcoin, um, you know, they're more utility-based. And and it's very interesting to keep an eye on. There's still a lot of utility developing in this, you know, all developing industry. Um, so even with, you know, the market downturn and, and, and with the current action going on, there's still a lot of interest in these altcoins. Um, but... You know, obviously just keeping a close eye on which selection of those
1: points there are. We'll leave that there. That's Christo DeWitt. Uh Lunar
3: Country Manager. Christo, appreciate the early morning. There's no postponing the inevitable. Your money knew this day would come. And you know what? It can hardly wait to start giving some back to you. When you invest in Stanlib's fixed income funds, you can retire earning a regular income off your investments. Invest for more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager.
0: MoneyWeb now on the money.
1: Chatting now with uh, Kerry King, Citadel Advisory Partner and Wealth Management Specialist. Kerry, I appreciate the early morning. The Citadel Asset Management team, uh, talking around the likelihood of of global recession, uh, has increased significantly. We've still got high inflation coming down, but still massively high locally and globally. And, of course, rates still rising. Another rate increase most likely tomorrow for us. Locally, Wednesday will be next week in the U.S. This is going to be another tough year for for consumers, but potentially tougher than 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 last year because we're starting in a, a tough base already
4: yes good morning Simon and good morning to your listeners um, yes the, um, the interest rates have have been quite a big um, impact on, on all of us over the last year but actually there is a lag effect so I think that 2023 is going to be a tougher year because that is really going to come into play So the liquidity squeeze is going to be real for all of us. And I think most of us have already started feeling it um, as we go and uh, do our shopping. From day yeah. to day,
1: <laughs> yeah, do our shopping, uh, buy our eggs that seem to have graduated with an MBA from UCT for the price we're paying. Uh, it, it's also, I mean, you mentioned that liquidity squeeze. I mean, part of it is is around debt, and 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 I know this is easy for for you and I to to say in the early morning radio, but but it really is, you know, pay off what debt you have got if you can as fast as possible, and avoid new debt because debt is 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 massively expensive at this point, and it's not going to get cheap anytime soon.
4: No, it's not. Surviving the first half of 2023 is about tightening your belt, I'm afraid. Um, So keeping your expenses under wraps would be good um, and trying not to dip into savings. But I also um, recommend that, you know, you keep some dry powder um, or have some dry powder, which is pretty liquid, just to cover any shortfalls. I do think that interest rates will level out. But Mm -hmm. you know what? We always know that markets can surprise. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we didn't expect to be at this point. Uh, I think a year ago when, when, when the MPC was gently raising, we, we, we didn't expect to be here so quickly. You talk around that dry part of that liquidity, and, and that, that is almost an emergency fund I imagine you're referring to, which is just some, some good old-fashioned, boring cash sitting idle just in case.
4: It is, I'm afraid. And just as a financial planner, I always recommend to a lot of my clients to keep a little bit of that flush fund. And ideally, it should be between three and six months worth of essential expenses. But And if you have the security blanket in place, generally, you don't feel under pressure financially. And then you land up making much better financial decisions. You know, I always say it's a bit like having a life jacket when you fall in the water. Although you know you can swim, you just don't panic. And panic is where the danger comes.
1: Yeah, it's that panic. It also, the point you make there is that it gives you that, that, that little bit of, 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 I mean, wiggle room, flexibility for, for, for when things go, go, go wrong. In, in terms of, of someone listening right now, okay, and you haven't got the three to six months money and maybe you've got some debt. Do you prioritize some debt or do you prioritize some, some uh, uh, building up, some, some, some liquidity, some slush fund?
4: No, I would definitely prioritize debt. You know, with the rising interest rates, um, debt is just getting more and more expensive. So if you can try and um, pay down your debt as fast as possible, that would be best. Or if you have a little bit of extra lying around, put it into your debt because actually it does actually save your monthly liquidity. So it stops you paying in as much on the debt on a monthly
1: basis. And, and and one of the issues at this point, because it is nasty out there, is 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 I mean wanting to change our, our long term thinking. And, and and that might be a case of looking at markets and thinking this is terrible, or perhaps even saying, you know, maybe putting less into my, my long term retirement planning simply because I'm getting poor performance or I want the cash. And I get the 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 why that's on the table, but I mean th- that is almost always a a a, a worst case scenario and, and the last someone should be considering?
4: Always stick to the long-term financial plan. You know, it, it is worthwhile having a long-term financial plan that goes from your budgets right through to um, what you need to save on a monthly basis, annual mm-hmm. basis. Um, and and that actually always, if you can, stick to that long-term financial plan. You know what, there's, um, when most people retire, if we retire even nowadays, um, there's still a lot of living after that. And most people are... on. <laughs> dying a lot later sticking to the financial plan ensures that you actually will be financially independent and for me that is absolutely critical and and probably one of the biggest blessings or gifts that we can give our kids one day
1: but i love that phrase a lot of living after retirement we'll leave it there uh, kerry king citadel advisory partner and wealth management specialist appreciate the early morning <laughs> That's it for today. We were chatting with Pithley Raidenhurst yesterday about uh, US markets, that after he spent most of last year bearish, which was the right side of the trade. um, And then suddenly on Sunday, he put out his, his weekly update, and he's like, hmm, getting a little bit bullish here, we're talking US indices, our markets were already trading at those all-time highs, um, and we asked you on our LinkedIn and Twitter, are you bullish for US markets? Half of you, exactly half of you said yes cautiously so. And that's the camp I'm in. I mean, certainly, uh, I'm long NASDAQ, and that's looking okay. A third of you saying, no, you're uh, bearish, you're not convinced in the least. And the rest of you, a minority, are saying you are very, very bullish. That is very, very brave. Have your vote, have your say, Twitter and LinkedIn. This show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning. The MoneyWeb website's in the app, 6.30am podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nubuchle, Nicole, to you for listening. My guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Davos, did it work? You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at
0: 7am on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now. On The Money.